Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Hello, everybody out there. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Jade? I am good. (laughs) (laughs) Needed the breath. I am good. I... I'm just busy, but everyone's busy, yeah. right? I just feel like I feel like I'm a workaholic lately. I've never imagined myself to be, but I feel like I am a work workaholic. I, I need to figure out why I'm doing this to myself. <laughs> what Money. Am I, what am I? Am I over? I don't. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm overcompensating for something. I got to figure this out. Oh my gosh. Well, when when you figure out life, you let me know because I'm trying to figure out my life over here too. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's all good things. I just did started this NFT project and I mean, it has taken over my life. I did not expect it to be um, so much work. It is a lot yeah. of work. It is fun and challenging and it's been amazing, but it is, it takes... It takes up my time. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Then you just have to decide if it's like worth it or not. If it stresses you out more or it like gives you life. I mean, like, I am in like it. Like Kat and Nat said, some things give you energy, some things don't. It is. It does. It does. It gives me a lot of energy and it is like a creative outlet, but it is also um, very overwhelming and intimidating because it's new. Right. And we had a project that sold out and now I'm responsible for a lot of people. And so it's very like uh, a lot of just a lot of responsibility. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. How are Um, you? Oh, I'm good. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Wait, I've just been waiting on a lot. I'm in this like, remember when we had that psychic come on? She was like, you're in the waiting mode. I'm still in the waiting mode. And I would like the waiting mode to like maybe just hurry the F up. You know, hmm. I need the waiting mode to go faster. <laughs> I need things to progress. But when they do, it's going to be great. I just have to like, I'm just in a waiting period. Good things come to those who wait. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes. Um, well, today, you guys, we're going to be talking to uh, Emily Tish Sussman. She um This is going to be an interesting conversation today because we're going to talk about navigating gender roles, um, especially for the sensitive males out there, uh, how to raise your sensitive sons. So that's really interesting. Um, And uh, have you been watching the uh, new Sex in the City? Did you watch the old Sex in the City? Yes, but now I haven't seen the new one. The new one, um, it's interesting because I I bring this up because of gender roles. They're trying to talk about a lot of um, the different, I don't know, the spectrum of gender roles right now on that show. I don't, I wouldn't say they're doing it well, Um, but they're, they're not, you know, they've always had like uh, the gay friend on the show, you know, like, but um, now they're delving into more of the topics of like women who like, now are a they instead of just a girl um and and they're doing it with a 
like an older person and then a younger person. So they're trying to talk about it's it's hard to even navigate the conversation I'm having with myself right now because it is a hot topic of conversation. And I do think we should talk about this more on the show and we really haven't. Um, so so there, there, there are characters that are um, non-binary is what you're yeah, so like, yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, so like Miranda now, oh, God, I feel I don't want to like, ruin this for anyone but when people spoiler watch it, alerts i know yeah spoiler alert but like uh scarlet's uh daughter who's named rose is now named rock and then miranda now uh is breaking off her marriage with steve uh, to be with uh a uh che who is a, a podcaster that carrie met on her show it's just like there's a lot there's a lot happening and they're trying to talk about all of this, but like, anyway, they're they're focusing more on like the feminine. Today, we're focusing more on the masculine, uh, talking about boys. But um, I bring it up to say that I, as it's interesting because I just don't feel like I don't know. I feel a little bit of a trepidation when sometimes when talking about gender roles now because I just feel like you're I'm scared to say the wrong thing you know I get like, that yeah um, and go ahead and so like when like watching like sex in the city which it's not good I wouldn't waste <laughs> your time like it's not it didn't give me like hope about like dating <laughs> it just really didn't like, I'm not feeling very hopeful. And that I feel like was supposed to be the point. Although I am on the last episode right now and I haven't finished it. So maybe I'll get hope by the end of that. Um, but uh, I bring it up to say that I do appreciate that it's being talked about. Yeah. But I think even the show was having trouble trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I, I mean, the last, I want to say, five years... It's been a topic that has been brought to the forefront, which I think is amazing because I had never even heard of, you know, what non-binary even meant. And, right. and there's so many people now who are saying, you know, that that's me. That's what I felt my whole entire life. Right. And I didn't know that I could express that. So I think it's beautiful that even if we're like fumbling through it, there's somebody out there who now has the permission to be themselves that mm -hmm. maybe just never, maybe like even tried to shame that part of themselves, hide that part of themselves. But now we're just like recognizing that there really isn't just two genders, right? There is right. this whole spectrum of right. however somebody feels, like however they identify and that there is this, this like acceptance coming forth. Um, to some degree, you know, like a lot of people are very accepting and there's a great community out there that is keeping people safe. And so I love that it's getting talked about, even if it is a little scary and we hope we don't say the wrong things because um, we're loving and accepting people and we have children that we love dearly and we would never want to, them to feel unaccepted. Right. But um, yeah, it is a little scary to talk about sometimes. But I love that even if um, there's shows like Sex in the City that's fumbling through it or um, us if we fumble through this conversation today that these conversations are being had in general. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we're going to talk with Emily. 
Hello, Emily. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we're actually really excited to have you on. We were, um, we haven't really, we've talked about, uh, we have sons and daughters and we've talked a lot, um, on this podcast about, um, like kids expectations. Um, but we haven't delved really far into like gender roles when it comes to our children at all. I know that, um, you know, our little girls dress up as whatever they want to, but the moment our sons put on a dress on Instagram, everyone has a panic attack. And um, it's so annoying to me. I can't even deal with it. Uh, so we would love for you to just help us um, with a conversation about gender roles for, I mean, our children in general, but specifically even for boys embracing their femininity and um, kind of what that means for today's young people. Well, I think it's different for our generation. Like mm -hmm. it's different for our generation of moms. So there's no, there's no path for us to follow. Like we're figuring right. it out as we go. Like it sounds like your son throws on a dress. Like my son throws on a dress. Like it's part of fun dress up and it doesn't totally. Mean, it's not so heavy. Like it doesn't no, mean that it's much. No, it's not. Like fun. my daughter wants exactly. to be Anna and he wants to be Elsa and that just is what it is. And like, why would I tell him he can't? That's so weird. Like he loves it. Well, you got <laughs> to exactly so the point. Like, why would I tell him he can't? Right. And so just for background, my background, I'm I'm a lawyer and I'm a political advisor. Um, and I've spent my career running political campaigns and thought of myself as like a really strong, I think what is maybe kind of typical of our generation that like I was going to forge the the path of the future of oh, like yeah. I was going to do it differently. Yeah. And I thought that gender was only a construct. And like once I had kids, I was going to raise them totally without gender. And in fact, when I when my doctor told me that I was having a boy at first, I cried and was inconsolable and, and couldn't tell. And I wouldn't tell anybody because I had this dream that I was going to be this incredible feminist girl mom mm. and like raise this little feminist. And I was like, well, what yeah. would I do with the boy? I don't even know what I would do with the boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I had my son and then um, really quickly had two daughters afterwards. So my kids are really okay. close in age. So I did get my opportunity with my girls and they are so tough. I'm, <laughs> I'm maybe regretting a little bit of toughness. Still, so I'm like a little nervous for when they get older. But my, I, but my son just is who he is. Like mm -hmm. I am very outgoing. I always have been. He is not. Mm -hmm. He is introverted. He is shy. He is thoughtful. But he also gets turned on when he sees a construction truck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beyond. Like, that is hardwired. I was like, hey, girls, look at that fire truck. Like, go nuts. And, you know, like, they're into it. But, like, it's, yeah. they just don't. They yes. just don't in the same way. Like, I now realize that I couldn't just give them all bland toys and get them excited about the same things. Like, yes. I have taught them the same things. I have given them the same toys. But there are some things that are just hardwired into him. Yeah. And it is for them too, but I want him to have the full range of possibilities for him. Yeah, for sure. So if he wants it to be a fire truck, it can be a fire truck. If he wants it to be an Elsa dress, it'll be an Elsa dress. Yeah. That's a, my son is Elsa and fire trucks. That's all he is right now. <laughs> my uh, you're literally speaking my garbage truck myself. loving, nail polish loving little guy just popped in. 
Can you oh say hi? my gosh, that cute face. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. I need to grab my face. husband. I don't know what he's doing. Sorry. I just don't want him to make Tanner. What's better than nail polish, you know? Oh my god. I got Bri- Brixie came in here. Oh yeah. Well, Tila, not when it's like all polish. over the walls and things. That's what yeah. it's about. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, all of my kids love nail polish. Like the you know, the more I th- is it is it okay for me to just to keep talking? Yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Talking? Okay, talking great. for sure. Um I mean, I know that when the kids come in, you're either decided, you're like, ugh, I'm out of this, or like, let's just keep going. So, <laughs> so you know, the more I thought about it, it's like, why, how do I reconcile my feelings about wanting to make sure that my kids have all of the options? And like, who, where am I going to look for examples? And how am I going to reconcile with just who he is? And I felt like I didn't have a lot of examples. Of, like, I didn't have a lot of books. Like, the books that yeah. I like, the picture books that I go to, um, for my son, especially about sensitive kids, were all about overcoming the sensitivity. Oh, that totally makes sense. Instead of embracing it, not embracing yeah. it, and never seeing it as an attribute, like never seeing it right. as a positive. That, that makes me that so makes sad. Total sense. Yeah, totally. That's and the, then we, yeah, that's the world that was before. Ugh. Exactly. You know, yeah. or maybe girls are allowed to be sensitive. Oh yeah, yes. But there were there aren't really boy books. Mm-hmm. For boys about how to see it as an attribute. And like, yes, he needs those overcoming some moments of sensitivity, but he needs to he needs to embrace it too. Yeah. And so I started to think about about why. Like if yeah. I, you know, why is it this way? And it really made me realize that as we've allowed our girls to have a full range of emotions, like this is where we are right now, that our girls mm-hmm. can be girly and they can be tough and they can be anything yeah. in between. Totally. We're 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 okay with our girls having like traditional masculine attributes, like being strong as you can, confident as for you sure. Can. Even Disney, like the last, you know, like Encanto has all of that. Raya was like Isabella's favorite princess, who's just super tough and like a fighter and all of the things. Yeah, you see that tons totally. now. And by the way, yeah. we can go on Canto all day. Oh we my just God, do a COVID quarantine. Encanto's like <laughs> on constant, on constant play. Oh but, yes, but. We, the, I think the lack of resources for boys embracing their sensitivity is kind of an indicator that, like, societally, we're not really okay with our boys having traditionally feminine characteristics, mm-hmm. like compassion. So we haven't created the tools for it because yeah. we kind of don't really believe it yet. I Yeah, that's true. Like, I think moms of our generation are getting there. Like, I think that we want the full range for our boys, but oh, yeah. we don't necessarily have the tools for it yet. Yeah, I think, you know, because there always was that stereotype, I think, like, boys don't cry, you mm-hmm. know? And so for me, it's like I'm very aware of this. And I I have two sons, uh, my two-and-a-half-year-old and a 15-month-old. And my two-and-a-half-year-old, he is very sensitive. And he is very sweet and compassionate. And he's very self-aware. Like, he is very aware he's the middle child already. And so I have to be very aware of that. But he is in a stage where he is very emotional. He's a toddler, you know. But I never want to, like, treat him differently when it comes to his emotions than, like, I would if it was my daughter crying, you know. Like, they obviously have different ways that I approach them because they are different people and different personalities. But for me, like, it's something that I I express especially to my husband because he grew up with a dad who was, like, very, like, 
the whole like men men just shove everything down, you know, and and so I'm trying to like teach my husband too as well. Like I want him to be able to move through his feelings without shame, without guilt, and just be himself, you know? Like I feel like that's such a gift that like little boys don't get is just to like to to recognize that part of themselves. And I think it's happening more. Like I think yes. we want to do it. But mm-hmm. but you're right about your husband. Like a lot of men they just don't know how to access it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they don't really have a template for it. So I think it is up to us to show them how, you know, we have a template for it because we have access to a full range of emotions. So I do think it is a little bit even more on the moms if that's the comp- if that's the setup of of home that you have to be showing in the template about how you can access the sensitivity as as a good thing for your sons. And and the flip side of it is empathy. Right? So like really making sure that we're celebrating when our sons show empathy for others. Like you know, like if they were in class and said, "Oh, I saw um my son is 5 and he's actually I think particularly good for his age about naming his emotions, mm-hmm. so which means that he can name them in other kids. So like if he will say like, you know, this person was feeling, you know, left out or sad or happy, you know, anything, but like, you know, being able to name an emotion, it's definitely something that I try to make sure I'm giving him like a little kudos for so that he gets that feedback that like reading other people's emotions is a good thing and something that that I want and expect from him. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually had a moment uh, this past week where I was having a hard day and I was crying and I, I try, I don't shield my children from my emotions unless, you know, I can't control myself. But it was a moment where I was crying in front of my kids because I was sad about something. And my son looked at me and he goes, mama, sh-, he goes, he said, sad, like shad, mama, shad. And I was like, yeah, mama's sad. And it was like really sweet. And we kind of like talked about it a little bit. But like I think us showing our emotions too is just like really great for our kids to see. And um, But it was. It was like this moment where he had empathy. It was so sweet. Yeah. I I totally agree with that in theory. I have a really hard time practicing it, to be honest with you. But like I like the idea of my kids knowing that I have a range of emotions. I have a really hard time not – like retreating myself, but you're right. It would, I mean, it's good for them to see it all and it's good for us to like work through conflict. Um, I find, I find it hard, but also, you know, we still do have to parent our toddlers. Like they still can't just like cry at everything. (laughs) So I feel like I'm like careful around (laughs) trying and not just like losing my head when they're just like endlessly crying. Um, that's my son. But it's not that you can't cry, but you're making me crazy. Or, you know, one of the things that I'll say is that, you know, if you're going to keep crying, you have to finish in your room or you have to like finish crying in another room. Mm -hmm. And that took a lot of self-control, quite frankly, on my part, like to not just keep yelling at them. Um, and I'm going through it right now with my three and a half year old daughter. She's doing a lot of crying in the room for attention and I think control of the situation. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Which is so that. much fun. It's super fun. <laughs> my daughter turns four in like a week and that's, I'm there. I'm there. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. fun. Um, but careful to say like, you know, if you, if you are feeling like you need to cry, you can cry, but you can't do it in here. You have to go into another room and work it out. And that did work, help for my son to work through. He's like not in that phase as much now. And I think it gave him tools to be able to calm himself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, to soothe, to manage, to manage emotions. 
Right. And to show them that there are things that are worth getting upset about and that you can figure out how you bring yourself down from it. Because like we also can't have our kids running around crying all the time or we will lose our effing heads. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, not good. it's not good for anybody. It's not it's also not good for them to just be upset the, all the time. No. You know? Right. No, it's definitely not good for them either. Especially once they if they learn that they can then manipulate you. Uh, yes, for sure. I definitely don't want to reinforce that. I so know. But, but I mean, it is a balance to make sure that we're reinforcing that it's okay It's okay for boys to cry. It's okay for them to have emotions. But if I, as the parent, don't really know what I'm driving my kids towards with the balance, that feels hard as a, as a parent. Like there's, a, there's some things I feel like I know how to balance or I have a sense of where I want to balance. Like, you know, I want them to be confident but not making fun of someone else who can't do it, right? Like I feel that – that kind of just instinctively strikes where you feel like you know what the balance is. With mm-hmm. sensitivity, it's harder, I think, especially with boys, because we don't 100% know where we want the balance to be yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I feel like our generation is like supporting one another by even having this conversation. Like I feel like the more I talk about my son being sensitive, the more moms raise their hand and say, yes, that's actually – I didn't know how to name it, but yes – yeah. And what, I mean, the, one of the hard things I think in dealing with this is so many people are so used to previous generations of looking at something that's just very black and white. Right. And now we have just a rainbow of, um, everything right now. So how like, okay, let's say that my husband doesn't agree with how I should, uh, allow my children to, uh, like behave in where, what if my, if my son is wearing a dress and my husband or the grandma or whoever, like how, how do you navigate like those relationships with how you are parenting your children? Well, look, getting commentary from grandparents and in-laws is like, I don't even know it. Anyone is qualified to tackle that topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they think so differently than us. And even, I mean, there still are, like, I mean, men and women out there who still think what they, you know, who still are set in the ways of however they're set. So I don't know. It's a hard thing for people to navigate, I feel. It is, but I feel like it really comes back to where you started, which is just following the kid's lead. Yeah. That, like being imaginative and being creative and a kid being able to fully transport themselves into their play is something I want for my kids at this age. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel limitations in their creativity and their play. So if that's where their creativity is leading them at this point, like the only boundaries I would give to them is safety for me. And I think that's probably how I would talk about it um, with family. Look, it, it is hard to navigate because I think in many ways the I think many husbands also see it as a reflection on them. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So that is hard to navigate for sure. And that gets into like a super philosophical conversation that you may not be willing to have right in that moment. <laughs> but I think if we keep it right in that moment and say, look, they're they're playing out their imagination. My son used to wear a lot of Elsa dresses when he was like three, four. Mm-hmm. He wears fewer now. And I think a little bit of it is social pressure. Yeah. And he's not in a particularly stifling environment, but he did pick up on 
whatever the cues were, he will talk now say on occasion, he'll say he doesn't want a girl color. And I'm like, well, girls like every color. And so every color is a girl color and every color is a boy color. Um, but I think if I hit it too hard, it resonates as um, like he sees through it. Mm. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I think he's like, <laughs> all right, you're putting something on. That's not what I got from my peers. So, But it makes me sad that now his imagination has been stifled to some degree. Like I wish he could still think yeah. as big as he did before. I will even say they're so influenced by television, like the shows they watch. I mean, everything girl is still pink. Everything boy is still rough and tough, red and blue, you know? And it, like, they don't, like, my son doesn't see boys on their cartoons he watches wearing dresses or doing things that may be a little more sensitive. I think there are certain, actually, Daniel Tiger touches on a lot of sensitive feelings and how to navigate through them, but there's still all that. Like, my daughter picks up on that stuff so quick. Like, she thinks pink, boys can't wear pink. Pink is only a girl yeah. color, and we yeah. have those conversations. But or like, it's very, long like, hair, that boy has long hair, that's a yes, girl. Yes, long hair, yeah. but there are various, like, subconscious, like, or just, like, subliminal messages still being sent in society to them, which is kind of crazy that they pick up on that, because I've never told my daughter pink is a girl color. You know what I mean? Yeah, the long hair is an interesting one because a lot of little kids now have long hair. So I and and just figuring out who is a girl and who is a boy. Mm-hmm. Before having kids, I didn't realize how quickly that or I guess how early on that's one of the ways that kids learn to catalog, like as they're yeah, identifying yeah, yeah. who's around them, just, what's around that them. That makes sense. Right. They're not they're not trying to stereotype at that point. They're just trying to understand who's around them. There yeah. are a bunch of little boys with long hair and with buns in both my kids' classes. And my daughter, more than my son, was like, that's a girl, that's a girl, that's a girl. <laughs> I was like, no, sometimes boys can have long hair. And I actually think it just took her, not that she couldn't understand it, but I think it just took her like a little bit longer to understand that that was part of the catalog of boys too. Yeah. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy though because there's so like my daughter was listening to uh we were in Rainforest Cafe one day and she was asking who sings she was like who sings this song and it was Demi Lovato and she was like oh is it a girl and I was like and then I I paused because I was like I don't know when is like when is too young to explain they you know when is too young to like. I'm not sure. I don't, you know, it's a really hard thing, I think, as parents that we're navigating now um, to even figure out how to do that and when's the appropriate age if you just tell, you know, when, or is there appropriate age or like, is it, does it get confusing for that? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't yeah, that I have one, no answers. No, that <laughs> one we haven't tackled yet, but um, my I'm very into musicals. And so I sing a song to my kids. My kids each get to pick a song um, from a musical that I sing to them every night. That's so fun. And they and we'll often like if there's a video online, like we'll we'll watch it to accompany so they understand what's going on in the show. And so the way they'll pick it is they'll when they're ready for a new one, they'll pick a word and I'll have to try to come up with what song correlates. And so for my daughter, one day she's like makeup. And I was like, ooh, this is a rough one. But then I remembered Hedwig and the Angry Itch. Oh my gosh. A musical about a trans woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the song Wig in a Box. And it is now one of my daughter's favorite songs. And she was That's like, oh, the so girl, the girl, the girl. It. So I was like, yeah, it's the girl. And actually her preschool teacher yesterday told me they were talking about a wig. I don't know why they were talking about it. 
But she was like, oh, your daughter knows who a, what a wig is. She was the only one in the class. And I was like, well, she's very familiar with dressing as a trans woman. Yes, she, <laughs> it is one of her favorite songs. So yes, she does know. But I mean, in my mind, it wasn't... Um, it was interesting. It was almost easier for her to explain, maybe even than to an adult, to say, you know, well, she was born one way, and and then mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. she came out as another way, and now she's a girl. And she was like, okay, now she puts on a wig, now she's a girl. Yeah, I guess that's true. Their brain just goes, okay, it's fact. You told me that. That's fact. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, even in that sense that you know, our kids have my kids definitely, and I'm sure your kids do have families of all makeups. You know, some have one parent, some have two, yeah. some have divorce, right. some together, some some um, same sex and opposite. And that actually was a really easy conversation. And they actually get excited. My son's best friends have two dads. Um, and so now when my son hears about other families that have either two dads or two moms, he gets really excited because they're mm-hmm. just like his best friends. Oh, Aww. that's really cute. Yeah. So it's actually very sweet. And it's great to see them. You know, they just, they know them as families. Like my, one of the thing that my, the nursery school teacher said to me that I thought was really helpful that I've always come back to is when we talk about differences, when the kids start noticing differences, um, to point out what's different about people and what's the same and do mm. it together. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I, I feel like he makes those connections that, you know, that family has a different makeup than our family, but they're the same and that they're also a family. Yeah, I love that. I feel like my my daughter is very like accepting when she has questions, you know, and I answer them honestly like that. And then she's just like, oh, okay. And she just like moves on. She just realizes, like you said, everybody's still a family and it's not that different to her because she doesn't quite understand everything else beyond that. Um, but they're just so accepting. And I feel like when we start normalizing stuff like that to them, it's they're, it's just life. They just are like, okay. And they're just so accepting of it. You know, it was funny that I heard back from my kids is that I can't remember why I started saying it, but, but, um, I think when they, I think they had started asking like, why do we have a mommy and a daddy? And so the Mm. response I kept giving was, well, you know, like we're lucky and you know, that's the family that we have. They started the way, like the tone they were using when they repeated it back came across as like, well, we're lucky. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) As if like we're luckier than other kids that have different Mm. kinds of makeups of families. And I was like, oh, like screech, halt. Yes. And they're also lucky because they have parents that love them when whatever their makeup is. Yeah. So, you know, hearing our tone back didn't always help. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's, That's so oh funny. gosh, my daughter one day was like, "Mommy, why are there two sinks in a in your bathroom?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> normally people have two parents that live." I was like, "Oh god, this poor child. This sink's for you. Yeah. <laughs> parents have one sink for them and then one sink for children. <laughs> one sink for sink and float. Right, exactly. <laughs> like a dedicated sink for games. <laughs> yes, it's a dedicated game sink. This is where we play all the blippy games." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're so into Blippy, so into Blippy. Um, we haven't gosh. hit that phase. I'm sure it's coming. Oh my gosh, it's like all my son is obsessed with obsessed with Blippy, Blippy, Elsa, and fire trucks. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> the full range. <laughs> we're very into Ada Twist. Oh yes, we love. Oh Ada Twist. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think it's on Netflix. It's a big one for us. Yes, yeah. Bella's watched that like maybe one time. She didn't get quite into it, but I think it's just like a little bit. I don't know. 
She's my kids are like a fraction older. Things. Yeah, a little bit older. Yeah. Like just those couple months older makes such a difference. <laughs> it really does. It's crazy. Like a few months and you're like, wait, why is that person like this or whatever? Even our generation, I'm like, oh yeah, you were like you were like a year younger, six months younger. That totally makes sense of why you're like that. That's so weird. Also, what did what did uh oh my gosh, hold on. Jade, did you know that we're no, you're one year younger than me. We're categorized as Oh my gosh, hold on. I'm going to have to, this is like a major sidebar. Uh, but we're categorized as like the most horrible thing ever. Um, from 36 to 40. Did you see my TikTok the other day? It's no. Called, oh my God, hold on. I have to look it up. This is a major sidebar. Is uh, it like you're considered like geri- geriatric millennial? Oh my God. Is that not like the craziest thing you've ever? I was like, oh gosh, geriatric. Yeah, but I also felt like it really resonated with me. I did. Do you feel that in your soul? (laughs) Yeah, I totally did. I was like, you know, I've been searching for the name of what I feel, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, like not quite millennial, like a little too old for millennial, but like nothing else really. Oh gosh, but yeah, Jade, I think you're you're not. You're a year younger than me, so you're not. I think it's just me. That's. I feel. I feel pretty. Yeah, I feel pretty geriatric in my soul though all these all these (laughs) things that these gen zers do i'm like what even is this i know oh god i'm like i'm like the lady at the park now who gets mad at the like little kids running around like near my toddlers i'm like hey you like watch out like i'm like oh i'm that mom like i'm just like i'm not i'm that person now instead of just i don't know i feel a little i feel a little Oh my god! Like I feel like I'm stepping a little bit into my Karenness. <laughs> oh, I know I've stepped too. Do you guys remember the movie Now and Then? Yeah, with like Christina Ricci. Like it was yes. like so. There was a grandma on there. This I'm sidebarring again, but she would she they came over to the grandma's house and she gave them like cookies and then she poured like lemonade for them and then immediately she starts vacuuming under them and then they take like one bite and she's like picking it up to like not make her whole like house messy and I decided the other day that that was me I was like oh I, I'm the grandma that gives the kid a cookie and then I'm immediately <laughs> when like the crumbs fall I'm like oh my gosh I need a vacuum <laughs> even though my house is a total mess oh my gosh but anyway I've become that person but what's good about us is that yes we may be getting older in our years but we're also the young generation to be hip enough to be talking about what we're talking about. That's how I'm segueing back. <laughs> yes. And also that, I don't know. I mean, I, we're roughly the same age that I felt like I had a little bit of a identity. Oh, I think I had probably more of an identity by the time I had kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, having sure. kids changed my identity for sure, but also gave me a little bit of a pathway to feel like I knew where I wanted to go with them. Mm-hmm. Like I knew how I wanted to raise them. I mean, I also feel like having kids basically essentially destroyed my career and I have to totally rethink it, which <laughs> I am doing. <laughs> but, you know, like having having three kids three years in a row and being in like a constant news cycle as a political strategist is just – you can't do it. Yeah. yeah. You totally yeah. can't do it. So, you know, now I'm – exploring new ways to explore my identity. I know you guys have talked about this and like kind of no, losing it's yourself. Great. It, like what if your what if your job and your career that you're totally tied into just isn't an option for you yeah. anymore mm-hmm. after having kids? Like mm-hmm. I didn't always necessarily think I was going to be like mom of the year. I didn't even know if I would ever have kids. I just never thought I, about I, it to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I mean I was 
singing all over the world and then had kids and completely stopped singing. I mean, now I'm trying to sing again. But like, I mean, it does like put a major hold on so much of your life and your career goes, wait, what can I? Can I not? Like, what what do I even do now? It's really it's really odd when you become a mom, your whole it's a very big who am I moment. It's, I mean, it's a huge transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of women, they find, they find, especially I think if they wanted it, like if they mm-hmm. really wanted to be a mom, then they find a path and they find a way to reconcile their identity. For me, that was really hard. Like there was no reconciling the person I was pre-kids to the person I am now because the person I was pre-kids was just totally, totally focused on the grind on 24 hours, you know, working, like working harder than everyone in the, you know, just trying to like work it out. And if your brain is in six places, it's not possible. It's just not possible. So rethinking it has definitely been hard for me. And I feel like I hear a lot of my friends too, just being like, oh, I have to blow the whole thing up. Like I have to hold the blow par- the whole paradigm of like what I mean in relationship to my work, my career, my kids. Yeah. Like let's just let's just blow it all up and rethink it. I think we're at a really big moment for that, which I actually find very exciting. That is exciting. I mean, there wherever there's like fear and unknown, I always f- find good excitement in that. Even though it's like slightly, you're like, oh god, oh god, oh god. But then it like honestly like breaks open your shell and then this whole new you see a whole new world that's really that's cool a whole new world and with little kids like with young kids there's no there's no time for big thinking and contemplation it's not like this is this like existential like you can do it for like five seconds that's a luxury yeah (laughs) oh my god beyond i know (laughs) you just have to get through the day ahead of you the minute ahead of you like how do i get everybody out the door right now like that's there's only time for that I know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. It's so – getting people out of the door is so exhausting. Like, nobody wants to put on their shoes. No one – like, can you go to the bathroom? No, I'm going to go there. No, you're not going to go there. You're going to go to the bathroom here. We're not taking a trip with everybody to the bathroom. <laughs> like, how many times no, have not I everybody. That My kids have all started trading shoes in the mornings, and they're fighting over the same pair of shoes. Oh, my it's gosh. A huge, it's, it's every morning now. It's every oh, morning. We're gosh, late now no, every I get day. It. Oh, gosh. Well, we're all in this together. I was just going to say that. You know what? (laughs) Solidarity. Oh, my gosh. Well, Emily, thank you so, so much for being with us. And like, I'm I'm so thankful that you came on and we're talking about um, all of this today because we, we just haven't really I don't know. We also haven't talked about boys a lot like. We haven't really delved into the top. We talk about girl things all the time. <laughs> well, I think that's everybody, right? Yeah. Like we've all been kind of rethinking girls and um, – and sorry, I still have like a ton of COVID brain. But, you know, girls no, – and, like, <laughs> um, And ambition is the word I was looking for, you know, over the last couple of years. But there hasn't been as much thought put into boys, which is really what led me down this path. And – I'm excited about it. Yeah. I well, yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, where can everyone find you um, on the internet, on social, everywhere? So you can find me on my upcoming podcast called Pivot the Podcast on Instagram. You can find it there. And we're actually going to have more conversations coming up this year with women who are pivoting their lives at this incredibly awesome. crazy, crazy moment in time. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being with us. We really appreciate it.
Thank you. All right. Well, that was quite the conversation. I actually, I was like a little bit nervous because I didn't know how heavy we were going to get on the topic of like gender roles. But I really think that we we hit some key points. Yeah. And uh, and I do like it drives me freaking crazy when Charlie's in a dress and then people start a war. Like I just, it just makes me I, so mad. I just don't get it. You know, like she was saying, I think she made a really great point that, um, well, for one, it's very important for children the way they learn, um, the most between their ages of newborn to five is play, mm-hmm. um, especially those toddler years when their imaginations are booming and. Um, it's so important to let your children have their imaginations and their creativity yeah. and to express themselves. And it doesn't mean anything. And like if a if a little boy wants to paint his nails um, with a glittery purple color and, and prance around and sing Elsa songs, he's just having fun. He's just expressing himself and he may grow up and still love that stuff and he may grow out of it. And, it, and it's not – and I feel like it's not our – um, business to put our own projections onto children. And I think that's what happens a lot. Like, yeah, he, for sure. Children should just fiercely be themselves. And I think we should fiercely protect that. And that's like how I feel about like my kids. Like, I will fiercely protect who they are, no matter who they are. And right. I feel like that's definitely like a message, no matter if you have a, a girl who is a girly girl or you have a boy who is a very boyish boy or anything in between because um, they exist with so many nuances, so many layers. We're very complicated people. And I think the whole important message is just to like accept people for who Mm -hmm. they are, including if your son is sensitive or not, you know? I think one of the – I think parents like – I mean, this is like a psychological thing, but lots of parents – try to have their child like live out their own dreams you know so if like you have a you know if you were a gymnast and you're you know you put your kid in gymnastics like that you put them in like what you know and what you love and I mean gosh I mean Bella loves to sing and you know she loves to do the things I like to do but she also loves to do a million other things I'd like she's very good at sports (laughs) obviously I did not teach her that but like um yeah, I think that's also where some of this, you know, like if if you see your your son or daughter is different than like you dreamed they would be, like it's a, give up on your dreams. Your dreams are not like that kid is not you. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? they're not yours. Isn't it yeah. Dr. Shafali who talks about yes. this? Yeah. Yes. That you're But I you're, think that's where a lot of it comes we from. We don't own our children. They right. are their is, own people. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, let your kid be themselves and don't put your hopes or whatever thing you've come up with that your kid could be or wants to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like let that dream die. That's <laughs> 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 just not real life. So uh, and they're just going to be wonderful with however they end up. Just love, love, yeah. love, love them. Yeah. And then I think like I do think there is in our generation and the generations of moms below us a awareness of this and even just like Mm -hmm. um, gentle parenting, um, just that approach that's very 
I don't want to say it's a fad, but it's trendy. It's something yeah. that lots of people talk about, lots of people use as their approach to parenting nowadays. Mm-hmm. And just like big little feelings, how they talk about um, welcoming your kids' feelings and emotions yeah. and, and co-regulating. And yeah. I feel like that is something that's giving our boys especially the permission to have those feelings, to to work through them and yeah. to learn how to regulate feelings. When you give a boy permission to be sad or be sensitive and cry or, or express it however they may and work through it and show it that these feelings can exist and I can let them go and, it's, and I am safe and I am okay yeah. and I am still accepted and loved. Like yeah. that's like the – when she was saying it kind of starts in the home, that's kind of like what we're setting up right now for our boys to become empathetic and to become right. men who are, are are who even though they're hardwired to still be whatever they are inside, that they still have those sides and can have the freedom to feel those. And I think that benefits society hugely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate you. Um, if you have any thoughts and feelings on this uh, podcast episode, you can always reach out to us. You can also call our voicemail at something, 844-844-MOMS. Is that right? Yes. We haven't said that in a while. Um, yeah. And drop us a line there. You can, um, yeah, you can email us. You can uh, write us on our mommy's tell all podcast instagram page as well or write jade and i individually i read my dms i actually got a really nice dm from somebody the other day about the podcast that i uh that i had my inner child (laughs) moment oh yeah (laughs) yeah i actually got a really nice dm about it so i read it and i saw you and thank you thank you guys so much for listening and we will be back next week all right thank you bye bye